you know, the last few weeks we've talked about, Ben, do you want to come sit up here? (laughs) (laughs) Is Cody coming? I know, I feel like we should just even make this a circle. (sighs) Okay. Oh, Cody's in Liam's class? Okay, that's good. Um, So, okay, so the past few weeks we've talked about how to build a spiritual home, discipline, all of that, you know, and today, honestly, I'm just going to talk to you, talk to you as a a sister, as a mom, as a grandma, nothing, because you've heard everything, but just to reiterate things that we've talked about, but yet from a different viewpoint, I think, and it's just really the foundations, it's just really the basics, and that's it. Um... You know, we've had the privilege of. Here's the seat. Hi, we're just going for the middle row. Okay. Okay. That's what it looks like. Yeah. 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 We'll just go for the middle row. It's all good. It There's is. still people downstairs. I don't see on Josh's downstairs. Well, hey, listen. If they come, the we start at 9:30. <laughs> um, so anyway, you know, Tracy and I have had the privilege of seeing our kids become disciples, see them get married, see them, or one's almost getting married in the spring. Yeah, so anyway, and then um, see them raising their kids, and as parents, just like seeing our kids walk faithfully with God is an answer to prayer, and when I look at some of you in this room, I know that your parents have prayed for you, I know that your parents have cried out for you and your siblings, um, to God. And when we see you raising your children to love God and you are growing and you are changing and you are letting God do all that God does in your heart and in your lives, guys, you're an answer to prayer. You may not feel it, but you are, like when I look at you, I go, you're living answers. And so many times we think about answered prayers. Oh, yeah, God did this. Oh, yeah, God did that. But God is doing through you now each and every day. And when we see your children learning to love God by what you teach them, we sit here and go, this is an answer to prayer. These are prayers that we, that we have prayed for years and years and years. I spent a few days with the circus and I'm looking at them and I'm going you guys really are growing into wonderful little boys. I mean they've always been wonderful but you know, you see the character coming and I just sit there and I go this is what I prayed for. This is what I prayed for 38 years ago. So when your parents look at you they're having those thoughts. And that's so important. And you know what? You're going to have those thoughts when your kids are having kids. You're going to look and go, I prayed about this. This is coming to fruition. This God is answering this prayer. And as parents, no matter how old you are, we're going to always pray for you. We're going to always pray for your children. And you're going to find that out too. Because I know when we were your age, we didn't think in that regard. And no one older was telling us to think in that way. But I'm telling you, this is what we do. This is our viewpoint. And um, our goal as parents, no matter how old you are, is to make sure you get to heaven. Your parents that are disciples are still looking at you and praying for you and 
wanting to be in your life. Because you know what? They want to be in heaven with you. They want your children to be in heaven. And our number one goal is that as parents. You know, Jesus said, go and make disciples. Well, going and making disciples starts in our home. That's our number one priority. And you've heard us talk about that. We're here to help, you know, help you as grandparents. We're here to help you. The church is here to help you raise your children, to help them to develop that godly character, to help them love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to stand and say, Jesus is Lord, and to be baptized. I go, that's what it's all about. And when Jade was baptized a couple of months ago, that was a church. That was the body. That was champagne investing in her. And there's so many people wanting to invest in your kids as they're downstairs right now. And as they come up into the young teens and the teens and campus. So, you know, but I go, for all of that to happen, it has to start at home with you and just those foundations. And, you know, that we, I think about that scripture, I think about two scriptures that are about goals. Because our goal is to get to heaven. Our goal is to raise our children. Our goal is to hear our kids say, Jesus is Lord. And prayerfully live to see our grandchildren say, Jesus is Lord. You know, that's one of those things I pray about. Because I go, I don't know when I'm going to die. I, you know, it could be next week. It could be, you know, I may not. But I go, God, let us live long enough to hear all five say, Jesus is Lord. Then I'm like, okay, I'm good to go. But then I'll probably go, oh, wait, can I see them get married? Then can I see them? Can I see them have grandchildren? Like, just keep me going, you know. But I go, because I go, there's just so much joy in all of that. But I do think about that goal. And so we've got to, like, first, no, Philippians 3.14 says, I press on towards the goal. I'm pressing. I'm making effort. It's I don't give up. And it's to win that prize. I like to win prizes. I don't like consolation prizes. I want the prize. I want to win the game. I want to win the lottery. Not that I play the lottery, but if I did, I want to win the lottery. You know, I go, I don't like to come in second. I want that prize. I want that prize of $100,000 or even $50, even $5. You know, it's just, I won. So to go, I won, I got to heaven. And I help my family get to heaven. But it takes a lot of effort. You know, and then 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27, we all know this. Don't you know that you run? Don't you know that in a race all runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike, my, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Okay, so we're, we're in a race. And when we study the Bible with people, we talk about this isn't a sprint. This is a marathon. It's long term. It's lifelong. Therefore, we... I go, we got to train ourselves. When we train ourselves, we train our kids. And I go, we got to press on. 
to get that price. Again, that price. I want to win. I want to win the race. I've never won a 5K or a 10K or, Lord have mercy, a, a 20, you know, marathon. No. But I go, but my grandkids have. Now, Christy runs. She's a runner, and she's been an avid runner for years. And she runs when it's cold. I mean, when it's, it's freezing cold, she runs. And when it's sweltering hot, and you can cut the humidity with the knife, she runs. I think it's crazy. <laughs> but she runs. And she... She and the boys, Clint's, Clint's like me, he's not a runner. We could do other things all day, but not that. But they, they will do fundraisers for 5K for special needs because no one has some special needs. Well, then they started the first one. Ryan ran in 39 minutes. That was his first one. He's almost nine. His last one he ran in 28 minutes. He's ran five or six, but what has happened is Christy trains him. Christy's all, you know, she runs, she tells Ryan how to run. And Ryan's just got this natural ability. And all his grandparents are going, scholarship! But, <laughs> but she takes him out and teaches him how to run, and, but she spurs him on. And he was telling me, he goes, yeah, I was at this last one that we did, there was this kid that looked like he was my age. And mom goes, you can beat him. <laughs> That's all he needed. And he just took off. But he goes, that last, that last half mile was hard. I go, yeah, it was, but you did it. You did it, and you had your best time. But it's that running. It's that training. It's that it's Christy investing. And I go, and there's so many spiritual things with, that she and I talk about, what she does with Ryan, what she does with herself, and what she does with Ryan. And I just think that... We, t- we look at physical training, but that spiritual training, we've got to be in strict spiritual training. Because some days it's really cold and it's really bleak and it's depressing and I don't want to spend time with God. You know. But no, I need to spend time with God. That's when I need my God. There are times when, man, it's really hot. There's so much going on. I feel stifled by my schedule. I just, I can't get it all done. So, but I need to spend time with God. No matter what, I need to spend time with God. And, you know, just as I, I look at you as parents and I go, I, I don't think that there's any way that you can, on a daily basis, spend an hour of reading and praying. I go, you just probably look and go, Phyllis, that's stupid, that's crazy. <laughs> so, I mean, if you can get five minutes in the bathroom, Especially the moms that are at home, you go in the bathroom, you close the door, you got five minutes, that's awesome. Just and the kids are knocking on the door and you go, God, please. But you go, I got with this one scripture. Love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. God. And then you pray that scripture. And then you pray about you think about that scripture all day. If that's all you got, that's all you got. Don't think of where you are in this stage of your life. Oh, I should be spending an hour or or whatever, every day with God. You may not be able to, and that's okay. But you can find a way to spend five minutes. And then if you're just meditating on that one scripture every day, every day, you know, that 
then man, that's getting in your head, that's getting in your heart, it's something that you pray about. But yet I do want to make this suggestion. And this is something that, gosh, we learned way long time ago. At least once a week, each of you protects the other and lets them go out and get some time with God. Just by yourself. Moms, you need to get out of the house. There's no way you can spend time with God in the house with the kids. I mean, they find you. They find you. (laughs) Becky, I think about your downstairs spare bedroom. The girls are going to come knocking on the door. Is mommy in here? And I go, they'll figure it out. Get out of the house. Go sit someplace where you can spend time with God. Husbands, protect that time. And then wives, let your husbands get that time with God. They need it because they're leading your family. And you want them to be the best spiritually that they can be. So let them have that time. Protect that time. Protect that time. Um, And then pray together every day. And I know right now, time and energy might be very low. And you might pray at the end of the day. Look, if you pray for three minutes, that's great. But you're praying together. And it's building consistency in your marriage. But I want to suggest... Or you might pray in the morning. You might pray over the call. Whatever works for you as a couple. But also, find some time at least once a week to pray longer. Just to pray longer than three to five minutes. You know? Really find some time of investing in your praying together. And I love to hear when couples go, oh yeah, we went on a prayer walk. Or yeah, we were praying together. Because that builds you guys together. It builds your spiritual bond even more. So I think, so find out, find a time. And it, it, you're going to have, it may take you a while to figure it out, but that's okay. But every day, you can do, you can do. And it might be as you're laying your head on your pillows at night, that's okay. You can thank God for the day, thank God that the kids we're still alive. We're still alive. <laughs> some days, that's it. And some days, it's thank you that they obeyed and they listened and everything in between. And then the other thing is make sure you guys get with an older couple each week. And the reason is that they can disciple you. They can guide you in your life, in your parenting, in your marriage. Because you're going to have things that happen in your life that you're going to need some extra time with having twins. You need some help having twins, right? (laughs) A little bit, yeah. But I go, that's just, that's a must. And we're going to be making sure that this happens more and more, especially in January. We're working, we're working on some things. Tracy said, I have a list. I'm like, tell me your list. He goes, I'll email it to you because he's going to Ukraine today. So he goes, I'll email it to you. I said, okay, email it. But part of it is working with the families. But at this age group, this is what we want to focus on. In this age group, this is what we want to focus on. But there are things that you should be thinking of with your own kids. At this age, what I want to be focused on, but I'll jump ahead. And then the other thing is show up for events. Show up. And all of some of you have been so consistent in this class, and we love that. But I go, show up for everything. Show up for everything that you can and bring your kids to everything that you can. Let them be around the church. That's vital. Because some of you were raised that way. Um, And serve. Figure out ways to serve. 
I know you have young families, but I go, even collectively get together and go, okay, what can we do with the holidays coming up? How can we find one family to help serve? I mean, there's just so many different things in the community, but I go, that's just a suggestion. Um, and then I think, who are you going to bring with you? Next time we do a parenting class, who are you going to bring with you? Go, you weren't there at the last one. You need to be here. You need to come. You need to make every effort to be there. You know, look around. Who needs the encouragement? Who's not here that you can go, you should come. You should come. When we moved to Boston, Elaine Edmonds and Maria Whittier, they just took me. We were brand new. Within a week, they had me at the library meeting new moms. I was in a daytime Bible talk, but they were like, here, you're coming with us. We don't know you, but you're coming with us. And then they, then the three of us brought along Kelly and Don. And so it was the five of us. And we just went. And we went and did everything together. We, yeah, we would meet at parks. We would meet at the beach. We would meet at the library. And this was all, all year long. And, you know, beach is only limited time. But we found a way just to, just to be together to meet new moms. And that, we were making disciples that way, but we were praying together. We were helping each other to grow. And then when we moved on to Arts Media, there, there was Pam Carn, Pam and Devin, the us two couples were the only ones that had kids in arts media. So there were four kids, five kids. And then, and but then from there, there were the, the feet, well, Dan and Penny Foot. We call them the feet because you can't say foots. You just can't say foots. So, so we call them the, I know, it's just not proper. We go, hey, the feet are here. And everybody goes, yeah, it's the feet. You know, so anyway. You know, but I think about these people that helped raise our kids that were single. Um, the, the, well, the feet were young married, the Jacksons, the Carters, the Doolittles. But, you know, Marsha and, and, and Roger really helped us. And uh, Marsha and I would just go out almost every, a couple of times a week. Just, we're going to go out and we're just going to talk and go meet people. But we, and then, you know, just I think about the North Shore and... There were just people, the, the Rosenbaums, the, the Halls, the Petries, the McDuffies, and we all had kids the same age, and we were all there with each other, helping each other as all of our kids went through their teen years because we needed one another. But we were there to help and spur one another on. I really think about just about heart-to-heart conversations and tears and the men... The tears and the laughter and the men getting together and helping each other to be great dads and great husbands. And you're going to need that in every stage of your kids' lives, but also in every stage of your marriage, because you don't know what is going to happen. You don't know what grief, what may happen to where there's it's a hard time to grieve, or loss of jobs, loss of parents health issues, children issues, you just don't know. So to have someone in your life discipling you, but then to have that group of people that you go, this is, this is, these are my people. These are the people that help me. And they help my family. And I go, I'm very thankful for the people that I have here. And I go, because you know what? We've all been through things. We've all of us have been through some pretty difficult situations in life, 
in marriage with our kids. And I go and we talk about it and we pray about it and we're together. We and I go, I want all of you to have that. But I want those that aren't in here to have that. I want them to have it. That's how come I go, who are you gonna bring along? Who are you gonna bring along? When Adam and Carolina get married in Boston, there's gonna be this huge celebration of people that helped raise Adam that really influenced his life. And I go, I'm so thankful for that. But the conference I've watched back here in the church as all three of your kids got married. And I go, you saw how this is the whole church when Luke and Beth got married. You guys were in Chicago. You got married in Chicago. But you had all of us. But, you know, I mean, there are just so many people that you go, this is what it's all about. Those relationships that start now come to fruition when you're in your 50s and you see your children getting baptized, you see your children getting married and seeing them have grandchildren. That's what you're looking at the end, but you're really looking at eternity. Um, But then it's just having those weekly devotionals with your kids. That is so important. And where you guys are in life right now, you can really just sit at the dinner table and go over one scripture. It can be, the Lord is my strength and my rock. I can't remember that scripture. But it's 24-7, 28-7. But just, you just go over that every night and you pray with your, with your children at the dinner table and you sing their favorite song and you're going to sing their favorite song over and over and over to agree and roll your eyes at each other as you're singing it. But that doesn't matter because it's that consistency. So when they get a little bit older, you go, okay, now we can do this once a week in this manner. It can be bigger, but you still have that spiritual time at dinner every week. And then you've got that I know you just build that consistency. But at this stage, right now, they're just learning how to pray. And they're watching you. And they're imitating you. And so you're really teaching them. And you know last week when we, Tracy had said, when we see parents out and their kids are a mess and they're throwing tantrums and all that, and we all kind of, you know, she goes, what do you think of when you see that? I thought, I really feel for the parent. Because the parent doesn't have people in their life to help them. The parent doesn't have God. And the children need the parent to have God. And I go, and if in your home, and your children are still going to melt down when you're out in public, that's going to happen. But how you handle it is going to be totally different than when you see the kids and you go, oh. And it's like, no, I, you got the answers. You've got the answers. And these are all just basic, basic things. And as you get older, as your kids get older and the devos grow into more fun, more exciting things that even you as parents are excited to do because I know that doing that week after week, you kind of go, really? You're going to see your children's characters grow and change. And as a grandparent, when we hear your kids say a memory verse that you've been working on in a family devo, I'm just telling you, our hearts just melt. Our hearts melt. Because we're seeing, again, that's an answered prayer. It's, it's coming to fruition, but it's being answered. It's being answered because you are teaching your kids how to love God. And that's the greatest thing you can give them. And I go, yeah, 
Tracy goes, my heart just melts. I said, I know, mine did too. It just melts. It just melts. And there's, it's great to see because there's always tears in his eyes. So anyway, um, but yeah, those, those devos, those memory verses are awesome. And then teach your kids to serve. I know right now they're little and they can't come to feeding our kids when we have it. But I think, you know, things that we used to do, and we were so poor when we moved to Boston. We should have had food stamps. Well, what they call food stamps now. I don't know what you call them now. We, are they? Yeah. Okay, well, we should have had them. And we should have had free health care. But we didn't know that. And nobody told us that. But you know, like how uh, you go to the grocery store and they've got the big box at the holidays for food and for toy toys for tots. And there was Jimmy's up in New England because it was named after a kid who died. Jimmy. Anyway, we've got okay. Like, let's go put some food in there. Let's go get some cans of food, and we're going to help. A needy family. Let's go help. Let's go buy one toy. And it might be in a, in a, a very inexpensive toy because we were poor, but we were teaching them to give back. And I go, you, there's little things that you can do now. Or like when you take a meal to somebody, you go, here, come help me do this. And it's just those little ways of serving and teaching them and telling them why as you're doing it, why are you doing it? What's the purpose in it? Um, and as your kids get older, make sure they go to camp. Unfortunately, we have many teens that make no effort to go to camp. And I just really don't understand that. Camp is, how many of you have been to camp? Went to camp? Okay. I hated it. Did you? Yeah. I'm sorry. I was being honest. No, I appreciate you being honest. But I go... I know, but it's also one place for your kids to make lifelong yeah. friendships. That's where I met Jimmy, though. That's true. See? <laughs> so it didn't turn out to be so bad, and did when it? when I went back as a counselor, that was life-changing. Okay, so it... <laughs> I'm surprised you went back as a counselor. <laughs> but just because you hated it. But did you go to young camp or teen camp? Which one did you not like? I went from fifth grade through high school. Yeah, and you just... Yeah, yeah I felt forced to go. Okay. And that was me, I was rebellious. So. But you know what? <laughs> you do force your kids to go, because now look at her little kids. And look at the friendships. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but we used... I mean, our... Yeah. I mean, there's always kids that don't want to go, but what I loved was seeing the kids that, at the beginning of the week, because we went to camp... For a long time. It was finally like when I was in my early 50s. I said, I'm done with camp. I'm just done. I don't like it anymore. Um, but to see those kids at the beginning that were like, oh, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be. And by the end of the week, they're going, wow, this has been the greatest life experience. And I'm like, yeah. It's like a little mini seminar for them all week long. But it's those relationships that are built there, not just with each other, but with the older people, with the teen counselors that soon, you know, might disciple them one day, or the people that studied Bible with them. And youth core is life changing. How many of you have been on the youth core? Yeah. Where did you go? Um, the UK. Okay. Oh, that would have been fun. That's a fun one. <laughs> that would be fun. Did you go, Luke? Where did you go? Dallas, Philly, and LA. Okay. Dallas, were you a part of the 
Story Tree Gang in Dallas, did they do that? Okay, because they were doing that for a while in Dallas. Yeah, but no, I mean, those are awesome, and they're great memories, and it's, again, building your heart and your character, but it's also building your kids' view of the world. You know, I thought there's nothing better than that. And then if they get a chance to do a one-year challenge and do it, we, we, we're, gonna, we're looking for people to go on a one-year cha challenge to Bucharest um, this next year. Bucharest, not Bucharest. Yeah, Bucharest. <laughs> Those two get me confused. One of them. Anyway, that was talked about yesterday, presented yesterday. So, yeah, we want that to happen, but we're going to need, it's going to be about $10,000 to go. But you can raise money. Yeah. And I'm sure there's a lot of people here that would support. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, think, think about that. Like, as you're raising your kids, you go, I want them to experience this. Because this is what's really going to help them in their walks with God. You know. But again, that, it, because you want what you have now with your family that's disciples, you want to pass that on. You want to give that on. And one thing I've, we tell Ron and Patty, we're jealous that your family lives here because what you get to do is have family time with them every week or almost every week, right? And you get to see your grandchildren whenever you want. Luke and Beth, you have Luke's parents watching your twins right now, right? That's a blessing. Oh my gosh, we would all, those of us, that don't have our parents here or our grandchildren here, we look at you with envy in a right way, in a good way, most days. But we're just, <laughs> but I go, it's a blessing. I mean, you guys are blessed that your parents live close, but you would love to have them here all the time. Yeah, and your parents would love it too. I'm just saying. And I don't know where your parents live in. Oh, yeah, that's not fair. Okay, yeah. That's just another one. So, but I go, that's awesome. And it's something to be treasured. And it's something to be treasured watching your kids with your parents who are try, start striving to teach them to love God as well. So, yeah, this is all foundational things. It's nothing new, and I know it's nothing new to you. And these are things that... We were taught as parents, probably things Ron and Patty were taught as parents, young parents. And I go, you know what? You're going to be teaching young parents this in another 20 years. But I go, it starts with you and your walk with God. It starts with protecting each other and having that time with God and getting time with older people. And it's serving, serving in your church, serving and um, helping your kids to learn to serve. And those weekly devotionals with your kids are much more impactful than you realize. So, and then just the, just taking people with you. Just who are you going to take? Who are you going to take? Think about that. Who's not here that you go, we're going to go do this together. I don't know how we're going to do it together, but we're going to do it together. You know, um, because there's some people that need to be in here. And I know there's different reasons and all, but they should be here. And like Luke said, we're here. <laughs> Having twins, yes. There's nothing like... Oh, I have a minute longer. Anyway. 
That's the class. That's all of it. I just really wanted to share my heart. I didn't think you needed to hear, do this, do th I think you need to be reminded, this is the foundation. Keep building on this foundation. Keep running that race. Keep your eye on that prize of heaven and training your children. But train yourself first and foremost. All right? So.